It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary three by Mopey. Get that garbage out of here. Uh-huh. Hey. What's going on and welcome to episode number 1013 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, September the 2nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On NBA. There's lots of stuff going on over on Locked On NBA right now, talking about Ben Simmons, season preview stuff. I highly recommend you go check it out different hosts every single day of the week all day every day five days a week yeah monday to friday it's not a 24-hour podcast that was weird framing there are there they do take breaks but it's just you know half an hour every day for you to listen to locked on nba so go subscribe uh you can also subscribe to this podcast on all your favorite platforms as well and subscribe on youtube we're about at 500 subscribers which is amazing and uh i would like to see us bump past that before the next time we do an episode all right on today's show we're talking about, as teased off in the cold open, if you're watching video, uh, about Delano Banton. And by extension, the sort of new identity that is coming into vision here for your Toronto Raptors. Call it Vision Six Foot Nine. Call it uh, just a return to normalcy from being in Tampa for a year and kind of being lost at sea. But it does seem as though the Raptors are kind of getting some of their identity back and so we're going to talk today with our wonderful guest katie heindel about that and of course her recent piece about delano banton over at yahoo sports let's bring her in now katie heindel welcome to the show how's it going good you should call this uh inside the raptor studio with sean <laughs> we could do that uh, i think the the, the poobahs at lockdown yeah they might, might not, not appreciate like that. the name change um, but yeah i'm uh, good <laughs> i'm good man 
Yeah. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you were able to take some time to join the show after becoming a lame swimming mm-hmm. influencer these last couple weeks. Uh, yeah, man. So I love it. It's nice to be in the presence <laughs> of fame. And you know I have a hard out because I have to go swim. Yes, yes. Uh, we, we are currently on the clock as we record on uh, this Thursday morning, this fine Thursday morning, as Lane Swim beckons 40 minutes from now for you. Uh, let's get into it here, Katie. You know, we'll talk about your piece off the top, and then we'll kind of get into a broader discussion of the Raptors team identity and all that. But uh, you wrote a piece down in Summer League, or you collected all the quotes for it, I presume, down in Summer League, and then wrote it afterwards, uh, about Delano Banton, who, of course, was just drafted by the Raptors in the second round, one of the two second round picks the guy who wears a jersey number in honor of the Rexdale bus route he used to take, which is just awesome, and he's going to be an instant fan favorite, already is. Uh, you know, you got to talk to him at Summer League, got to talk to Patrick Matumbo about him at Summer League. What was your sort of lasting impression, your first impression, I suppose, as well, sitting down with Delano Banton down in Summer League? He's so nice. Uh, he's <laughs> so nice. He's so excited. He's mm-hmm. genuinely just, like, it's really f- it's not funny. It's actually like made me feel pretty lucky, but to sit with someone and ask them questions about um, kind of their thought process going into summer league and then asking them to look ahead going into the season and seeing them still mm-hmm. waffle between like being absolutely floored, you know, and just like still in awe of what happened and also processing the fact that now they get to play for like for him, he was like, you know, it's my it was my dream to get drafted. But like to get drafted by the Raptors, like that's something that growing up in Toronto, you kind of wish for. He's like, but you don't really think like it's he's, it's almost like the odds of that are less right than getting drafted. Yeah. Overall. So to, to kind of watch him toggle between those things as we talked. And I think to have it like the reality dawn on him a little bit more was pretty special. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, Patrick Montumbo, like hearing him talk about Delano, but also hearing him talk about this whole team, like he really yeah. believes in them. He really thinks they're just a group of really good kids, he said, you know, really Mm -hmm. good people. Um, And he's so caring, which, like, I don't think gets enough of a fair shake in coaching. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. he's tough as hell. And, like, I saw that, too. Like, you know, I saw I got to see both sides of that on the court and off. But just the amount of gratitude he also has in his players. You know, one thing that he said that stuck with me was just, like, they're really young and we're asking so much of them. So it's only really natural that like we're upholding the same, you know, we have to set, we have to withhold like hold ourselves to the same standards we're asking them to like step up to, um, whether that's playing Mm -hmm. or just kind of, you know, learning how to navigate the world of the NBA and being a professional player. So I'm super stoked to see Delano in Toronto because I think he's going to have another one of those recognition kind of surreal moments, right? Like how could he not? Mm -hmm. Uh, especially with mm-hmm. them getting to come back now. like, And that's something that I think is going to be more twofold, like even more because even the team, maybe they've told them a little bit what it's like, but they've also forgotten, you know, because they've been away for a season. Sure, It'll be cool. Yeah, I, I can't wait. He's also going to have one of those uh, realization moments when he's playing in Mississauga as well for the first time. It's a whole new ball yes. game, but a d- d- yeah. different sort of wild crowd. And that's where I kind of want to go with this next. So, you know, it seems as though Banton's going to play a lot in the G League this season. You know, there's lots to work on there. As you kind of talked about in his piece, he's really focused on working on his jump shot and kind of expanding upon the very impressive 
fluid physical tools that already exist there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I was asked a question about this in the mailbag yesterday, and I think Banton's going to kind of be one of the central figures of the 905 this season. Obviously, Patrick Matumbo, the summer league coach, is the 905 coach again this season. He finally gets a full actual G League season to kind of implement the Raptors you know, whatever it is, developmental experimentation or whatever it is they've got going on down there. You know, did you talk at all to Delano about the prospect of being in the G League for a long stretch? Obviously, you know, he's got the relationship with Patrick McTumbo already from Summer League. Did you get into that? Maybe it hit the cutting room floor, I'm not sure. But, you know, do you get an impression that he's excited about that G League sort of experience that seems to be very much on tap for him? Oh, no, you cut out. Okay, oh, you're no. back. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, I'm back. <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked, we didn't talk about the, I guess we didn't talk about the 905 specifically, but we did talk sure. about development. And one thing that he'd said um, was that, you know, he he grew up here. So he's seen, he's seen Fred Bentley, he's seen Pascal Siakam, he's seen all these guys go through the G League developmental system. You know, he was like, sure. he's, they get them going. He said they get them to their second contracts, which honestly is a really like I appreciated that it's a thing that I don't yeah. think also gets talked about enough especially when you look at players that make the rounds kind of through the G League it's like wild enough to get a first contract but the security of a second one you know and to not have to like bounce around so much anymore like that's extremely meaningful mm-hmm. to a young player coming in the league who's looking at time like substantial time in the G League and I think hopefully we'll get some minutes on the floor uh, in Toronto but I thought that yeah. was pr- pretty just like upfront and honest of him. But more than that, I think he was super excited just about the potential of expanding his game. Like all the all the guys mm-hmm. I spoke to uh, on the Raptors Summer League team that will now come and play in Toronto were like similarly excited about that. Versatility was a word that kept coming up that like they kept bringing up. Um, for Delano, yeah, like it, his thing is obviously his length. <laughs> just like... <laughs> real like such a springy stretchy player um and like learning how to use that learning how to like put brakes on himself (laughs) a little bit you know like (laughs) to slow down i it's interesting i don't i I don't want to compare their games because i don't really think it's the same but i it did remind me of early days pascal when it was like he didn't really know how to stop himself yeah <laughs> or slow down and like part of that explosiveness yeah. was what made him so good and unpredictable on the floor right because like you know if you're guarding him you don't really know which way he's gonna go i think that's what like the spin move actually came out of um so sure. i think for delano it's the same thing but but delano he has a lot of those skills intact already i was like really I don't know, heartened to see uh, in Vegas. And like, Mm -hmm. he really seemed to be learning on the fly, you know, from their first game to their last game, just the things he was watching for and trying a little bit of like, you know, playmaking. And the fact that he talked about he had, he was like short for a really long time, he said, and he had a crazy growth spurt uh, in college, but like his coaches kept him at point. So he got to kind of see the game from a different way that way. And Matumbo talked too about the fact that like his natural height makes him such a good player in that position because he can see over the defense you know like he can see sure kind of like out beyond the guy in front of him and to see like what's what's all happening so once he kind of learns to put all that stuff together which i think he will it's also incredible that he gets to keep working on this with patrick you know he doesn't have to switch mm-hmm. to another coach and try and like reconcile a new voice it's it'll just be like a hopefully smooth continuation over from summer league 
Yeah, and the thing with Banton, too, that's really exciting is that, it, you know, a lot of the stuff that he already has in his sort of tool shed, you know, stuff you can't really teach, right? Yeah. Like height, vision, mm-hmm. like fluid mo- movement and athleticism. Like, you can teach a guy to shoot. You can't teach a guy to be a great surveyor of the floor. And or it's more difficult to do that than it is to teach a guy to shoot. And that's uh, really exciting stuff. It's not like they've just taken this sort of raw, you know, unidentifiable, misshapen blob of a player. Like, there's lots of stuff that's already there that they just got to shape things around and sort of trim up the edges. And it's going to be really exciting to see it. And then we're talking about development and versatility and defense. And these all sound like things that we know the Raptors for. And we're going to dive in next into... Just kind of a look at, are the Raptors back on the road to rediscovering an identity? Because they did not have one at all last season. You know, lots of sort of, you know, markers of what the team had been before, left before the season began. The season was obviously a war of attrition and, uh, you know, caused a lot of sort of, um, you know, decay in terms of what we typically expect from the Raptors. We're going to get into whether they're on the road back to having identity in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Sweatblock. And look, yes, it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about sometimes. People sweat a lot. It's okay. And as the world gets hotter and more hellish, you're probably going to sweat more, and that's totally fine. I sweat a lot. I'm okay to say it. You've probably seen it if you've watched me on video and literally anything. And so Sweatblock is a wonderful product that's come along to try and help people like me as Katie cackles at my <laughs> sweatiness. Uh, <laughs> but look, Sweatblock, again, it's they're going to help you out with your sweating problems, and they're going to do so with their wonderful products like their Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime. Go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. They have a dry shirt guarantee where you get your money back if it doesn't keep be dry. That is quite the promise, and it sounds too good to be true, but guess what? It works. I've used it, and it's awesome, and I don't have to pick my shirts based on the color anymore, and I don't have to be worried about, uh, you know, pitting out when I'm out in public. It's wonderful, and it's life-changing, and just outstanding. If you or someone you love is dealing with this problem, you got to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, or at Amazon or CVS. Today's show is also brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful time right now. We've got lots of sports. We've got lots of things going on. We've got uh, you know new shows beginning up. I'm not sure what kind of network shows begin in September, but I know Succession's coming up soon. You want to watch all these things in the same place as opposed to toggling between seven different devices and nine different remotes. Why you have two extra remotes for your devices, I don't know. But in this hypothetical situation, you do. And you can fix your TV toggling problems with Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Katie, let's dive back in here to the question of the Raptors' identity. If you listen to this podcast throughout the regular season in 2020-21, you and I talked a lot about the sort of lack of identity for last year's Raptors team. After a good decade or a half decade or close to a decade of the team having very much a defined identity and it kind of being predictable every season coming in of what you're going to expect from the team. 
Lost last year a little bit, COVID, Tampa, you know, departures of Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka, lots of sort of institutional knowledge out the door, and it really did seem like kind of a, you know, just like kind of a buoy without any sort of tether, just kind of bouncing out in the open sea without much in the way of direction. It does seem like things are coming back into shape a little bit here, Katie. So I want to ask you, like, this was something that was on your mind all season last year when we spoke. Do you feel as though identity is creeping back into the Raptors? And if so, like, what kind of identity do you see taking shape here? I mean, no, I don't think it's going to be back right away just because there's so many new players and we don't really understand what their identities are. But I also think that's sure. natural. I do think that's also what I expected. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to miss Lowry. Like, yeah. they're going like, to miss him, I of course, in the locker room. But I think... We're, we watching and they on the floor kind of like understanding, oh, yeah, this is what basketball is going to be like without him. That's mm-hmm. going to be something they're going to have to play through that might look a little spotty at first. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I keep coming back to also just based on the conversations I had in Summer League was the fact that last year's Raptors, like I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the season, they talked a lot just about because they were so adrift, they were mm-hmm. going to try and dig down and and play a lot of defense and rely on this thing that they had been you know kind of known for um sure i'd say at least throughout the tenure of like demar Derozan and kyle lowry but then they were terrible <laughs> like the defense was a mess <laughs> last season to start um so i mean i remember that with a little bit of irony because mm-hmm. it was like well if you can't even rely on that like i don't know what this team is and i think mm-hmm. that's what happened but i also believe that that's a really good place to start with these guys and this team this year like just try and get some fundamental sort of basics down get get like the new guys into the groove of playing alongside fred and og and pascal you know um i really like obviously that chems come back because i think he's Mm going to be a huge indicator of how things are progressing for the team on that end and he seemed to fit Mm -hmm. into it pretty like fluidly uh, even just like in the few games we got to see him play at the end of last season. Um, but I mean, I'm actually more hopeful <laughs> than I am depressed about the lack of team identity because it just means like this is always what was going to happen if Kyle Lowry left, you know? It, you mm-hmm. you wouldn't... Mm-hmm. The team has to start from scratch in a, in a way. Like it has to become its own thing again. Uh, like its own brand new thing again because as long as Lowry's like fingerprints were all over it, it would just still be Lowry's team. And like, I don't really want it to be Lowry's shadow team. It really hurts me yeah. to say that, but like, this will be a new Raptors team. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. like I'm not a big proponent of like the We the North <laughs> slogan to begin with, mostly because it was an advertising <laughs> tool. Um, but if you want to look yeah. at this and be like, is this the We the North team anymore? Like, maybe not, and like maybe that's a good yeah. thing. And I think they probably should move on from that because it's like the core is now it's Fred and Pascal and OG Boucher, I'd say as well. You know, and then you have this mm-hmm. like totally new. You have almost like this this double cohort of rookies. Like I know Malachi's not a rookie anymore, but he never got this experience of playing in Toronto. So you almost have this like double yeah. cohort of rookies that will just be like learning in real time together. So I don't know. I like Masai's vision of like a giant, yeah. uh, long monster team. I really like it. Mm-hmm. It might look really ugly and weird, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I, I think that's something that like the team was missing pretty desperately last season. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm 
a little bit closer to thinking that there's already kind of an, an identity forming here. We won't know for sure what it's going to look like exactly until it's on the floor. It's all nice on paper to envision, you know, the collection of six foot nine dudes and Fred uh, <laughs> just kind of, you know, playing the way that you envision a team like that is going to play. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think the nice thing is that, yes, it's no longer Kyle Lowry's team. And I think you're right in that, you know, one of the arguments in favor of just kind of letting Kyle walk was that, it was never going to be Fred or Pascal or OG's team until Kyle was no longer in town. And now you have the opportunity for Fred to take over. We talked like a couple weeks ago with Vivek about how it's kind of Fred's team. Even if he's not the best player, he's very much like the voice in the room and the frontward facing guy. And the nice thing is that Fred Van Vliet has five years of working with Kyle Lowry and in the Raptors sort of construct back in the days where they definitely had an identity to kind of bring that knowledge forward to today. And so I think what's nice is it's going to be kind of like a mismatch of the identity of the previous teams. I think in terms of the way they play defense, I think in terms of the way they culture build, I think in terms of development as well, and having that sort of shadow core that you mentioned, I mean, that was their bread and butter for a long time. And it led to a lot of really big moves and trades that kind of completed the championship puzzle. And I think they're really, you know, to kind of go back to our conversation about the 905, it does feel like they're back in development mode in a way they were not last year and could not be last year because they didn't have the picks on hand because they traded them away to win a title and they didn't have the proper G League sort of structure and they were, you know, hampered by that. Probably more than most teams because of how much they typically rely on the 905 and the G League to kind of be a supplementary sort of arm of the team more so than a lot of other teams do. And so I think the development's back. I think you're seeing the, you know, the the sort of reforming of the leadership group. And I think there's a lot there to like. It's guys with championship equity, guys who have been there. And you have that sort of, those relics of the past, not really relics, but just like the sort of fence posts of the ba- of the past coming together with this sort of new vision for future basketball, which is very exciting. And I think you can point to guys like Scotty Barnes and Delano Banton coming in and kind of bringing that refreshed energy and bringing in that sort of versatile skill set that they definitely want to sort of shape whatever the next version of the team is going to look like. So... Yeah, maybe they haven't quite established things just yet, but I think they're well on their way with the moves they've made. And just sort of looking at the personnel, it feels like they're going to be able to play the way they want to play. They're going to be able to play Raptors basketball, which is, you know, not very good on offense, incredible on defense, (laughs) turn defense into offense and all that. Like, it seems like they're going to be able to bring that all back. And, you know, again, we have to see how it works in practice, and it's probably going to, you know, see some growing pains as they you know, acclimate to life without Kyle Lowry. But, you know, there's plenty of guys who are sort of steeped in the Raptors sort of model. If we're going to sound hokey, like the the tradition of the Raptors or whatever, that they can bring it forward to this new vision and kind of combine the best of both worlds, I think, if that makes any sense whatsoever. But that's a cool thing that I think that isn't that hokey because I don't actually believe that the Raptors have had that up to now because the Raptors haven't had a franchise player like Lowry that... Basically, like, I know he didn't start with the team, but, like, his career, I think, like, the important part of his career may well have, you know? Like, and I think he says that, too. But, like, to see a player kind of develop an arc through that, win it, like, all the way to winning a title and then leave, like, Mm -hmm. the Raptors have have never had that before. So that is, like, the good way that you want someone to, to have a career with a team, right? Not to leave prematurely, not to get traded away and always, like, wonder what if. But, like, in that arc, you now have you now do have a history to look to, right? Like you Mm -hmm. have an established proof 
of something that worked and like championship DNA, you might want to call it. But <laughs> it's very intriguing to me because it isn't something that Toronto's necessarily had before because usually it seemed like people left way too soon, you know, like before things could get proven. Um, well, there was a lot of heart heartache, heartbreak, you know, but this is the first time it's been uh, in this promising light. So I think that's cool. I don't think that's hokey at all. We should start saying, <laughs> we should start saying that. Perfect. I'm glad I am not a cornball. Uh, you are. We're continue on. But I- <laughs> <laughs> that was accurate. <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to continue on the cornball hour uh, in just a second. <laughs> and I want to kind of dive into sort of our hopes and dreams for this season and how things kind of coalesce on the floor once we start to see actual basketball in uh, like a month's time with preseason games, which is very insane. We'll get to that in one sec. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars in the world. Katie, have you had any Built Bars yet? If you've like got No, man. Shipments? I keep being like, send me a box. Get them to send me yeah, a box. Yeah, okay. We'll work on that. I don't that. even we'll want a box. A box Just send me like during two. During one of these ads... Yeah, during these ads, you can eat one on the on the on the call to work in some yeah. nice sort of uh, corporate synergy. Happy to do so, it. Uh, yeah, well, well, Katie, whenever we do get you a box uh, sent your way, you're gonna have nine delicious flavors to choose from. You're gonna have cherry barzia, mint brownie, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and a whole bunch more. It's very exciting for you. And if you don't know which flavor you want the most, like, yeah, the mix box is a great way to go. If you have one that you know you're going to love, maybe you just know for sure mint brownie is going to be your favorite, Katie. I don't know. Maybe you're a mint brownie stan. You can also order a full box of just a single flavor if you'd like. And, Katie, I should tell you that uh, Built Bars, great tasting, also good for you. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from just 130 to 180, and just 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Same goes for the carbs, just 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. That is awesome. I have built bars all the time before I go for bike rides and all that stuff as I've uh, slowly found my way getting back into shape for the first time in many, many years. Built bars have been there to help me through it. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off of your order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Go there, Katie! All right. Well, today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. It is that time of year once again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. Get all the updated props, odds, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus that is a great deal you put in 100 bucks you get 200 bucks to play with that is incredible also be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo make a bet on the thursday september 9th season opener between the bucks and the cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up using the promo code nfl 100 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from boxing football basketball baseball everything in between don't wait and sign up today to take advantage of all the great available offers for the 2021 season at betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts be sure to use the promo code locked on all one word for that 100 welcome bonus all right katie let's finish up our chat here and take a look at the season to come you know i think there's a lot of sort of varied expectations and sort of handicaps for wins that the raptors are going to have coming into this season i think the expectations are comparatively low 
to previous years, which is music to my ears because I love low expectations. I love just barely clearing the bar and having it be a success. It's fantastic. It's a great way to go through life. Um, the Raptors, of course, are in a bit of a transition phase. No Kyle Lowry. We kind of we didn't really get to see full seasons of a lot of the guys last year. So my question for you, Katie, is as we go into this season, as the Raptors search for their identity once again, what are you hoping to see? Like, is there sort of a hallmark, a sort of event that will take place that will say to you, okay, they're back on the right track. They've gotten the train back on the rails. And, you know, there's a sort of identity forming here that resembles something I would like in the basketball team I like. I don't I I don't want to say low expectations. I feel like realistic expectations. How about that? Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, sure. Granted, some people have extremely delusional expectations as their real expectations, <laughs> but not me. Um, <laughs> Three seed or bust. Yeah. Well, I mean specifically when you look at when you look at the rookies. Like, I don't want Scotty Barnes to have any like unrealistic or really deranged expectations yeah. placed on him in his first season. Like, I don't want. Mm-hmm him to be I don't know I don't want his career to like get off to a terrible start that way I think that's like can be extremely toxic so for him Delano if I hear a single person invoke the name Jalen Suggs when talking about Scotty Barnes this season I'm going to lose like people will but I'm not gonna be (laughs) paying much attention to that um because also comparing on yourself like comparing rookies in the same rookie class is also incredibly stupid because they're completely different people and players so there's no comparison but our dumb brains need to do that sometimes. Um, <laughs> no, I think you got to look at this as like, it's this isn't a rebuild. You know, this is mm-hmm. this is like a regenerative year. So I think you have to mm-hmm. look at it as there's going to be a lot of stumbles and mistakes and and kind of you know strange, probably like strange things happening. But that's what you want because like Nick Nurse is going to have to try out a lot of weird lineups again. But like he's good at that now, so that's a positive. Um, to figure mm-hmm. out what a lot of these new guys' strong suits are. Even even players that joined toward the end of last season in Tampa, this is a completely different environment with like a completely different personnel backing them. So I think there's going to be a lot of a adjustment at first to start. But again, like that's something, I don't know, I really like watching weird basketball. <laughs> weird, not mm-hmm. always like pretty, but like sometimes explosive, exciting. You don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, beautiful mm-hmm. basketball is fun to watch too, but honestly, like... If you're a Raptors fan, that's not really something in your lexicon usually, right? They're not a beautiful basketball team <laughs> Yeah, unless it's the 2017-18 yeah, season. Yeah. yeah the, like the culture reset year and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're like a pest. They're a pest team at the best of times, right? Yeah. So that, I guess, is like where my expectations are. Again, like I think of something that Patrick said to me uh, in Vegas, which was just like, he wants the he wanted his team to be confident enough to fail and to like make mistakes and to realize yeah. that wasn't going to be the end of the world. Um, I think there are certain players on the Raptors you don't want to see make mistakes this season. I won't name them. They've like they're in their NBA careers. Like they should know what they are doing by now. Uh, but I have been hard yeah. to see like you know some of their off season activity and the ways it seems that they're more mentally prepared perhaps to go into this season than last season. Um, but you know mm-hmm. for these new guys coming in. I want to see them mess up. Like, you have to do that kind of stuff to play, especially at this stage, this level, you know, and the speed. Delano said that, too. He was like, you know, it's the NBA. Like, you're going to get beat. It's like what happens after you get beat and how do you get better that actually really counts. So I hope that people have a lot of patience. 
I know that's a difficult thing to have like in the world of pro sports, but I hope that people have a lot of patience for this team. Um, and mm-hmm. just like enjoy watching a team like grow from scratch. That's not something that we've also seen for quite a long time. Yeah, I think, you know, there have been so many seasons in a row now for the Raptors where the stakes have felt incredibly high and Mm -hmm. it feels like everything's kind of teetering on the end result. And I don't think that's the case this year. I mean, yeah, there may be some tough decisions if things don't go well with the core guys this season and there's like no no growth or whatever it is. And we're probably looking at some difficult conversations next summer. But first of all, I don't think that's terribly likely that the core guys are going to flail or anything like Mm -hmm. that. I think it's far more likely that the struggles for this team come from, you know, the guys who they're just sort of bringing in and indoctrinating into the system and it's going to take some time and growing pains and that's okay and you mentioned patience and how it's difficult (laughs) and i'm not here to tell anyone how to be a fan you know if you want to be a lunatic and get angry over every single loss that's totally fine you know interact with the sport in whichever way pleases you the most i would just advise and i've made this point before you know, no NBA story is complete in one season. Like, every season is sort of laying groundwork for the next. And I think there's no better example of how valuable patience can be and how much it can pay off for you than in the case of the last decade's Toronto Raptors, where they come in, they look like they're on the verge of a rebuild, and then something kind of clicks after the Rudy Gay trade, and they just let it ride. And and they waited and see what saw what happened, and... They tinkered and they suffered failure and they suffered triumph or experienced triumph. They didn't suffer triumph, or maybe if you are a, if you are averse to success, maybe you could say that. But like they, you know, rode the roller coaster and it eventually seven years later led to a title. That's not to say every seven year arc is going to lead to a title for your team. It's not that narratively sort of you know convenient for everybody. But I do think it's worth looking at what patience can get you and the proven proof of concept that the Raptors just put together. And this season can be about that sort of first building block. And I keep, we'll, I'll keep coming back to it because Bobby Webster himself brought it up. It's the 2013-14 season all over again, right? Obviously new players, new guys, new sort of expectations probably because they kind of leveled up as a franchise with the title win. And it's not going to be something where you can just kind of accept okay for a very long time. But this is the first step, and you're going to see Scotty Barnes have moments of great success and also, you know, looking like a rookie, as, you know, 20-year-olds do, and that's okay, because it's all kind of in pursuit of something bigger two, three, four, five years down the line. Again, I'm sounding extremely hokey today, but I think these sort of bigger picture conversations about the team kind of require that a little bit. Um, you know, any kind of last thoughts here, Katie, on that sort of concept of you know, just kind of being okay with it not being some sort of championship or bust season for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, it is kind of a new thing where, you know, not everything in terms of success, the, the ultimate grade of this season is not going to be hinged upon what the playoff outcome is, per se. Yeah, I think lean into hokiness this season seems appropriate. Mm-hmm. Last season was so dismal, <laughs> right? Like, and downright yeah. really dark at times. And I think the natural inclination is to want to put that rapidly behind us. And the best way to do that, I think, is to be optimistic, be patient, uh, and, like, enjoy what this process is going to look like. Like, yeah, it sucks to not be, like, an instant competitor or whatever, but, like, you had to know going into the season that that wasn't going to be the case, right? That wasn't really in the cards for the team, no matter what happened. Like, even if Lowry stayed, you know, they they weren't ready to be back on that stage again. 
Um, but this way, I think it's it's going to happen in a more meaningful way. You're building like a really strong foundation. So the hope is that you do, you can repeat that kind of blueprint. You can hope to like bring a, maybe a star who's available in at some point down the road. Not this season. I don't mm. want them to bring in Ben Simmons this season. The team's not ready for it. And I think it would disrupt... I think it would disrupt yep. very much the plans that are already in motion. Like we have to just commit to it. I think that's hard too, right? Yeah. Like you want, you always want, like the grass is always greener, right? But like, this is a situation in which you have to commit to the players that you have now in front of you. And you have to commit to their development because like long-term, like that's their careers too, right? Like their careers mm-hmm. are going to hopefully go a lot farther and longer than just this one season. So mm-hmm. yeah, be patient, <laughs> be optimistic uh, and just enjoy yourselves, guys. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the gangly teens, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting out there, getting after it, and, and winning games 47-43. Or losing them 47-43. It will be delightful either way. Uh, Katie, this has been a delightful conversation. You need to go and perform your yeah. duties as Lane Swim influencers. Yeah. <laughs> so I will let you go. Before we go, anything you want to promote for the people out there? Uh, I guess if you haven't read that Delano profile that's on yahoo sports um you should read it he's a delightful Mm -hmm. wonderful person yes everyone go read that uh go read katie always basketball feelings all that good stuff uh that's gonna do it for the show this week we'll be back again next week with a trio of episodes i think we're gonna check in with our pal chris manning from locked on Cavs and do one of our traditional let's look at the eastern conference and talk about it episodes so that'll be next week our boy big v will be back uh big thoughts with our pal vivek jacob who had an achilles injury Mm -hmm. keep him out of the podcast this week uh and hopefully he's doing all right and feeling better uh we love big v over here and uh he should be back on the show next week as well and i think our pal josh hart from yahoo is gonna jump in at some point next week too and we'll have a little chat so that's the loose plan for next week topics tbd because it's the off season and it's basically whatever i'm feeling that day uh but in the meantime until the next episode you can follow me on twitter at woodley sean you can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast apps and on youtube for free please go and do that it's much appreciated and we will talk to you again next week with another episode of locked on raptors Bye bye Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.